If you are an entrepreneur, or maybe you're a W-2 employee and you're just tired of the company you work for and you want to get out, what do you do with your money? We're going to talk about that on this episode of the Financial Momentum Podcast. Everybody, welcome to the Financial Momentum Podcast. I'm Paul Airy, and if you're an entrepreneur, uh, why should you invest in real estate? And actually, I just made this uh, quick decision to expand this beyond just entrepreneurs. If you're a W-2 employee and you don't like your job or you don't like the company you work for anymore and you're just tired of it and you want to get out, if you're a professional, you could be a doctor or a, uh, a dentist or a nurse practitioner or physician assistant lawyer. You make good money, but what do you do with your money? All of these people, what do you do with your money? There is an alternative to buying the biggest TV screen you can find and buying the newest, most expensive car that comes on the market. So you make this money. So what do you do with it? You invest it back in your business. Uh, uh, or do you buy other things with it? Are you, are you spending your money on cars and uh, houses, bigger houses? Because, you know, the, the tendency is if you make, you know, say you make $80,000 a year, you live a lifestyle that goes along with that, maybe even a little above that. You get bumped up to $100,000, $120,000 a year. So what do you do? Most people increase their lifestyle along with their their increased pay. They don't keep the same lifestyle. And that's where you get into the trap. That's where you get into the middle class trap or even the poor trap where you, uh, uh, you, all your money goes every month, goes out the door, goes to pay bills. Do your expenses rise to meet your income? Have you ever heard of Parkinson's law? Parkinson's law says that uh, whatever task you're given will expand to fit the time allotted for it. Somebody gives you two days to do a job, you're going to take two days. If they give you four days, that job will take four days. And if they give you one day, it will miraculously take one day. Same job, same task. That's Parkinson's law. Parkinson's law applied to money says that your expenses will always rise to meet your income. What does that mean? If you get an increase in income, your expenses will rise to use up all of that income. You'll buy new things. You'll buy new toys. Uh, we all do that. Uh, everybody, uh, most people that I know of are guilty of that. That's why you will see people who make half a million dollars a year, a million dollars a year, and they don't have any assets. They don't have any cash. They don't have any extra money to invest in anything. Now, that's not all of them, but that is the case with a lot of people. But why real estate? Why, do, why would you want to invest in real estate? Well, 
do you have all the income you'll ever need? You can't answer that question because you don't know what's going to happen in the future. But that's kind of the point. You need to have an extra source of income. Supposedly, most millionaires have an average of seven sources of income, seven streams of income. I'm not sure where that statistic comes from, but of the people that I know that are in that position, that is mostly true. The ones who uh, make money and actually keep it, they usually have more than one source of income, and seven or more sources of income is, is always best. Now, in your life, things come up, things happen, and, uh, uh, you know, you might be put in a position of having to pay your bills without your income. If your current income is interrupted for several months, say, could you pay all your bills? This is why you need to think about investing in something, and uh, real estate is one of the best places to put your money to have that safety net. Uh, I mean, what if you had an accident or something? You couldn't work. Um, you know, I met a firefighter from New York, had that very thing happen to him, and he was out of work for, uh, he was almost a year, but he had an extra source of income. Uh, and that paid his bills while he was laid up, not able to work. And what about retirement? Half the people in the U.S. have no retirement plan. Uh, we just don't think about it. It's a long way off, right? You're 20 or 30 years out from retirement. Maybe less, maybe more. How about just having enough income to survive when you retire? I have known people, friends, family members who had no retirement plan and they were tried to retire on their Social Security. That's about average, about $1,350 a month. You can't live on that. Uh, even if... You have uh, a rent-free place to live. Uh, you still have to have car payment, how, uh, food, utilities. You got to buy gas for your car. You have expense, expenses, and thirteen hundred and fifty dollars a month isn't going to cut it. That's the position that one of my family members found themselves in, and they had to go back to work. And they were seventy-two years old. I mean, they tried to retire when they hit 70, and then, you know, they tried that for a couple of years, didn't work, so he went back to work. And, uh, uh, you know, that's just, that's kind of a, you don't want to go back to work. That's kind of sad. I mean, I, I personally think retirement is a bad idea, but a lot of people are obsessed with it and yet do nothing about it. If you're an entrepreneur, you need a recurring income. If you have a business, you need a recurring income other than your business. Uh, something that comes around every month. It shouldn't matter how your business is doing. Uh, some other source of income. Something that produces cash every month. What would happen if you lost your biggest customer? Another, that other, you know, your other stable source of income, uh, if you have it, it won't matter if you lose customers. Think of it as your safety net, your plan B, your stabilizer. Now, here's an example. I owned an industrial property. Uh, I built this building and leased this place to a trucking company. Now, this was a pretty healthy trucking company at the time. It was growing, and 
they eventually got to where they were operating over 200 trucks on that property. And that's a lot of trucks. Uh, at one point, they came to me and asked me to enlarge the building. They needed more office space. So I did. Um, added, uh, I doubled their office space. Now, when I built this property, I had an exit strategy. I had a partner, too, and the plan was build this property, put the tenant in. After two years, we would sell the property and cash out of it and be done with it, have a nice profit. And that's what we did. And I am so glad, so glad that we did that and that we were we were able to do that. It didn't come to two years to the day. You know, we had a couple of months there where we had to have this thing on the market and try to get it sold. But we did get it sold. And they expanded again. You know, about, I think it was about a year after I sold it. They expanded by having the guy that owned the land next door to them build them another building, even bigger building for their truck maintenance. So, I mean, they were really doing good. And then... There was a downturn in their industry. They lost their biggest customer. This customer was more than half of their revenue. Now, you know what happens when you lose half your revenue, and your revenue is pretty big. I mean, that's that's a lot of money gone. It was more than half of their revenue, more than 50%. So they just started losing money. I mean, started bleeding cash. They had a lot of overhead, a lot of expenses. They eventually went bankrupt. Now, my point here is if they had owned some commercial properties and had these things leased out, um, had uh, recurring income, they might still be here today. They might still be around. Now, there was probably some mismanagement somewhere in that company. I don't know. Um, They had some other locations, too, that they closed down. But uh, that brought down a lot of business. (laughs) uh, uh, they lost a lot of money. Uh, here's another example. I have a, an investor client. I think I've talked about this guy before. He's a commercial painter. Uh, he started buying real estate, I guess, about nine years ago, 10 years ago. I started. I sold him his first – or I got him his first tenant. I, uh, he already owned the property, but I got him his first tenant. It's the first time he ever leased property to anyone. And uh, we've been doing real estate business together ever since. And he told me one time that if his painting business were to stop, he'd still have a multiple six-figure income because of his real estate. Think of the freedom that gives you by owning this real estate that's earning you income. It gives you a lot of freedom in making decisions, a lot of confidence in making decisions about your main business because you know that you're backed up by Another income, you're backed up by the real estate. And and it doesn't have to be complicated, you know. This is an easy thing. It's a simple thing to do. I shouldn't say it's easy. It's simple. It's a simple thing to do. Say you have a business and, and you uh, you don't work from home. You, you have to be in a commercial location. Why not own the building that you're in? Why not own that building with extra spaces that you don't need that you can lease out to somebody else. It's just like the house hacking example. You buy a duplex, you live in one side of it and lease lease out the other, and you're living for free because the other side is paying your your mortgage payment, right? 
So it's the same thing with commercial properties. It's like house hacking, only it's commercial property hacking. You can buy the property, lease out the space that you don't need in your business. Your business can occupy that space at little to no cost because of that. Some of you might be saying, but I work from home and, you know, you know, working from home is not as great as everyone thinks. I've been doing it for about five years now and I'm sick of it. I don't know about you. I don't know about other people that work from home, but you know, I want to go back to having a separate workplace because when I'm at home, I want to be at home. And when I'm at work, I want to be at work. And, uh, too many distractions when I'm trying to work at home uh, and uh, too much temptation to keep working on into the night when I'm, when I'm working at home. And uh, it's just for me, I think the idea of working at a separate place is better. Even if it's on the same property as your house, you know, at least you're in a separate building. Here's the thing. If you can find a property that you can occupy 50% of that property, you can get, SBA financing on this property, and you can get it with a very low down payment, very little cash out of your pocket. Uh, I'm talking about maybe 10%, 10% down payment. That's pretty low. And if you happen to buy it from somebody that would give you some seller financing, you could even get it for zero down. Uh, investing in commercial real estate is one of the best ways to make sure that you can survive. It's a survival tactic. It can keep your business alive whenever you have setbacks and losses. Every business has them. Eventually, you're going to have a loss. You're going to have a setback. But knowing that you have another $5,000 a month coming in uh, can make that a lot easier to take. Uh, I mean, imagine when you run into some some bumps in the road and you've got an extra 5000 or $10,000 a month in a stable income coming in every month and you're building equity in that property. Your tenants paying your loan payment, that, that money they give you every month, your loan payment on that building comes out of that and you have money left over. You have positive cash flow. And if you lease it right, they're paying your property taxes and your insurance and maintenance as well. And you're going to save thousands of dollars in taxes because of your real estate. Real estate can save you a lot of money in taxes. It allows you to keep more of your money. So you really need to consider this. Even if you're a W-2 employee, and you don't have a business, this can get you out of your job. It can get you away from the company that you don't like, and it can get you away from trading time for money because that's a trap. There are a lot of traps out there for people, financial traps, and that's one of them. Trading time for money is one, and uh, not having any financial momentum because you're spending all your money on expenses and on interest payments. These people that make a half a million dollars a year and don't have anything, they have no financial momentum. It doesn't matter how much you make. You can still have a zero financial momentum 
If all your money's going for loan payments for cars, houses, credit cards, and those are the worst, of course, credit cards. Uh, if you if you buy things because you know you you make that kind of money and you can and you you always wanted something, you go buy it and uh, you almost never use it. That's how it usually turns out. You can have zero financial momentum, and that makes you no better off than. The, the W-2 employee who makes seventy or 80000 a year, and they have zero financial momentum. It doesn't matter if you make half a million, a million, or 100000 It doesn't matter. You're all in the same position because you don't have any financial momentum. You don't have anything returning cash to you every month. No cash flow. That's why real estate. That's why you need real estate. So here's how you can get started. First of all, you don't really, you don't have to have any specialized knowledge. You don't have to have a license. You don't need to have a college degree. You don't even have to have a high school diploma. One of the wealthiest real estate investors that I have ever known had a fifth grade education. He owned over a hundred properties in Texas. Uh, was worth. Uh, I mean, this is in the 1980s, okay? He was worth about uh, 70 or $80 million. Today, that would be a whole lot more than 70 or $80 million. That would be probably $200 million or more. And uh, he, uh, he had no education, fifth grade education. So you don't need that, so you can throw that excuse out. And there are plenty of places to learn how to do it. So here's a couple of things you can do to get started. Look around in your area for commercial properties. It uh, doesn't have to be big or expensive. Yeah. My suggestion is start small. My favorite property, my favorite starter property, is an old house that's been turned into an office. If you look around, you'll start to notice those. A lot of insurance agencies occupy those properties. A lot of hair salons, a lot of dentist offices occupy those properties. Those are something that you can buy at a fairly low cost and get a really decent amount of rent out of it. And those type tenants tend to stay in them for a long time, years and years, because they don't like to move. It's too expensive to move. And, uh, uh, a good place to go to start is crexy.com. It's C-R-E-X-I.com. It's a website for commercial listings. covers the entire United States. Got a lot of information. They have the listings. They have, uh, you can look up comps in your area. Uh, in other words, properties that have sold in your area and see what they sold for. You can look up lease properties so you can get an idea what the lease market is like in your in your market. Uh, it's a great site to find commercial properties for sale. Uh, the second thing you can do, start networking with some real estate agents. Get to know some real estate agents that do commercial deals. Now, there are some like me who only do commercial deals. There are some out there who are uh, residential agents most of the time, but maybe they do 20% of their deals in commercial and they're very competent in commercial and then you got some residential agents who dabble in commercial and wish they did more commercial, but they don't take the time to uh, 
learn what they need to learn, and those are the ones you want to stay away from. You want somebody who has a track record of doing commercial deals, not just somebody who wishes they could do commercial deals and is happy to do one for you. <laughs> you don't want that. Um, and then do some calculations. Just get out your calculator and see what you can do. See what kind of cash you have. See what kind of properties are in the area. See what kind of rent they get and see if you can make money on it. It's pretty easy to do. It's a very simple bit of math. Uh, add up your expenses, add up your, uh, your uh, cost to buy the property, your, your debt service, uh, what's it going to take to keep the place maintained, and can you get leases? Can you get uh, tenants for that property, and what are they willing to pay for it? It's addition and subtraction. Income minus expenses, if it's positive, then it's worth looking at. If it's not, keep keep going, look for something else. Or look for a reason why it's, it's not positive and uh, if there's something you can do to it to make it positive. So that's, uh, you know, that's about it. That's, that's a, it's a pretty easy thing to, it's a pretty easy thing to think about here. It's something that if you own a business, you really need to consider that because it could save your business. And if you have something, I mean, every business is a struggle to start with. And some businesses have some seasonal issues. I used to be uh, involved in the ownership of a hair salon, and uh, it was next to a college campus. Very seasonal business in the summertime when the students all went home and, and the enrollment went way down for summer, that, that business was like a, uh, was like a tomb. I mean, you could go in there and nobody would be in there getting their hair done. And, uh, you know, you almost go broke in the summer and then, and then when school comes back, then, then you, uh, you know, you, you make your money back during the rest of the year, but everybody in there was hurting in the summer now, if they had owned some commercial real estate, you know, owned some rental properties, even if it's rental houses, I mean, you know, anything that's getting you cash flow every month, uh, they wouldn't care. Take the summer off, you know, go, go, uh, go take a trip somewhere or something. But I could go on and on with examples. Oh, they're all over the place. And if you're a business owner, you know, you know what's going on. You know that that's true and you know that. Uh, you always wish there was something you could do to keep your income stable. Well, this is it. So that's about it for this time. Uh, if you like to read about this stuff, we have a newsletter. It's the Financial Momentum Newsletter. You can go to subscribe.financialmomentum.co and subscribe to that newsletter comes out every Saturday morning, comes in your inbox every Saturday morning. It's a very short three to four minute read. It covers all, almost everything that I just covered here. You won't always have the ability to listen to the podcast, and you may not always have the ability to read the newsletter, but if you have both, then you've got it covered, right? Go to subscribe.financialmomentum.co and subscribe to the newsletter. It's free, it's weekly, and think you'll enjoy it. So I'll see you next time on Financial Momentum Podcast.